As we head into USCBC's 50th year, we wanted to catch up with the organization's president, Craig Allen, and get some reflections on the year behind us, the year ahead of us, and the next few decades. From the US-China Business Council in Washington, DC, I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. So Craig, first off, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to talk with us. Thank you, Ian. So as we sit here, we're at the kind of beginning of 2023. So before we start thinking too much about the year ahead, maybe we could kind of run through what we've already been through last year in 2022. So so for you, what are some of the sort of standout moments for, for the organization and, and for your time over, over 22? Well, over the course of the year, uh, we had to work within the constraints of COVID. And we tried uh, to have a strong engagement in Beijing and in Shanghai and in Washington. But unfortunately, the face-to-face time with our Chinese colleagues was uh, very rare. I was able to make a visit uh, to China uh, in October of this year, and uh, that was the first meeting some of our Chinese colleagues had had with foreigners for three years. And uh, so it was a uh, a very interesting uh, visit. And the year was capped uh, by the face-to-face meeting between President Xi and President Biden in Bali uh, in November of last year. And I hope that that puts us on firmer ground uh, as we look forward to 2023. Mm-hmm. And I know, I, I know that was during your your trip. You had met with a lot of Chinese officials, both at the the provincial level and the the central government level. So in in Washington, I think we also had a couple meetings with with various members of the Biden administration. What were some of the kind of standouts there that you remember? Well, we had a number of meetings uh, with the board and with the general membership. We met with uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, uh, Director of the White House National Economic Council Brian Deese, uh, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, uh, Kurt Campbell. We met with uh, DOD and USTR and Department of Agriculture uh, folks uh, as well. So we have very good relations and a, a robust discussion uh, with our American government colleagues. And I'm proud to say also uh, with uh, the Chinese government. Because mm-hmm. I think we had also had um, Ambassador or then Ambassador Qinggang at our gala, who is now taking his role as foreign minister. Um, What were some of the other major members of the Chinese government that we had kind of interacted with during the year? Well, over the course of the year, uh, we had dozens of interactions. Um, When I was in China, uh, I think I had some 30 meetings, including with some 12 uh, central government offices and many uh, provincial government offices. And I would note uh, that the provincial and the municipal Uh, officials that I met with were all very proactive in trying to support uh, American companies, particularly in their district. They appreciate uh, the employment and the technology and the investment that we bring. I would also note uh, that the central government meetings that I had were quite scripted and they central government colleagues seem quite conservative and unwilling to take risks and really unwilling uh, or unable uh, to uh, creatively look at uh, uh, problems that we uh, put forward. So um, 
in uh, the more informal settings, uh, we were able to have good dialogues. But in the more formal settings, it's uh, felt a little bit scripted and uh, a little bit um, pro forma. Nonetheless, we will uh, communicate wherever we can, and uh, we enjoy uh, and need uh, as much communication as possible, particularly of the face-to-face -face type. Uh, that is where we could get more done. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of the the elements we've been through during the year. And I know we recently released a um, a letter from you to to our membership, and we'll we'll link that in the description if people want to read that fully through. Um, but maybe at this point we can turn to the year ahead. So, I mean. We're still in January right now. We're all kind of looking forward to the, the new year. What are some of the things that you're you're looking out for, looking forward to kind of what's on the agenda for you? So here in the second week of January, it feels like we're in a theater and the curtain is going up on the second act of the play uh, after a very long COVID intermission. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're looking forward uh, to uh, a lot uh, over the course of this year. Uh, I think that uh, the first reference point is that travel is now possible. And indeed, uh, perhaps we should expect a flood of travel uh, back and forth across the Pacific. And that, that's a very uh, good thing. Um, in March, uh, we will have uh, a new Chinese government, uh, probably the first week of March. Uh, uh, during the fourth week of March, uh, the uh, China Development Forum will be held as normal in Beijing, and a number of uh, people will uh, be going out for that. Uh, in June, uh, we are hopeful to have a board-level mission uh, to Beijing um, with as many board members uh, as uh, possible. And at that time, we'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary uh, in uh, China. As we look uh, further uh, into the year, all eyes uh, will be on November uh, as President Xi will almost certainly be visiting the United States at President Biden's uh, invitation to participate in uh, the APEC meetings uh, that will be held in San Francisco. While we don't know uh, the exact itinerary of uh, President Xi, uh, we're certainly hopeful that USCBC can host uh, a business uh, event uh, where President Xi could speak directly to the American business uh, community. Um, so uh, November will be an uh, important inflection point, and I'm hopeful by that time that we will have been able to resolve some of the market access issues uh, that American companies face in China and that we'll be able to uh, ha get a boost uh, from uh, improved market access and increased exports and more economic activity between uh, the two countries. So um, I think that we have a lot to look forward to over the course of the year. Um, and hopefully we will end uh, 2023 uh, in a much better spot uh, than we're in now. So, so like you mentioned, we're now at our 50th anniversary. So in 1973, the organization started. And at the time, the world was an entirely different place, almost unimaginable to, to those of us who you know, weren't alive then, like myself. Um, but China itself was a completely different place at the time, a predominantly agricultural place, just opening to, to American companies at the time. 
so much has changed through those 50 years. What do you think the next 50 years kind of might be shaped by? And, and perhaps a slightly different question, what do you hope that the next 50 years of this U.S.-China relationship might be shaped by? Uh, since uh, 1973, the Chinese economy has grown uh, leaps and bounds uh, to become the second largest economy uh, in the world. And the economic progress that we've seen has been just uh, remarkable. It is unclear uh, whether or not that economic progress uh, will continue. And it depends on the choices uh, that will be made by the Chinese government. Uh, do they welcome uh, increased economic integration in the global community? Do they welcome foreign direct investment? Do they welcome a market economy? And if so, uh, what policies will be uh, implemented uh, so as uh, to encourage economic growth? Um, the Chinese, uh, over the next, mm, I would say, 10 or 15 years, are going to have to make uh, very difficult decisions on whether or not they wish to uh, grow or redistribute uh, the uh, currently available GDP. And those are quite different uh, economic policies. And it remains to be seen which one uh, they will take. Uh, we are hopeful that China will continue uh, to grow at a four to five percent pace uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, and in doing so, to create a trillion dollars or so of new GDP on an annual basis. If so, the global economy will be strong. And if not, if we get one or two percent uh, economic growth from China, then the ripples uh, effects of that on the global economy will be severe. Uh, and uh, so continued rapid economic growth in China is foundational uh, for global economic growth and, and thus global stability. So let us hope uh, that over the next uh, uh, 10 to 15 years uh, that the Chinese econ uh, that the Chinese government is going to choose growth uh, and uh, economic integration in the global economy on a rule by law basis uh, as so as uh, to contribute to the well-being of the Chinese people, but also to contribute uh, to the global economy. And if they choose to do so, I have no doubt uh, that American companies will also benefit and uh, that uh, we will uh, continue uh, to uh, manage uh, our, a shared prosperity. But that is uh, uh, contingent upon decisions by the two governments, which I don't think uh, have been made yet. Uh, something uh, that we will be watching out for in 2023 and well beyond. As it is our 50th anniversary, like we just said, do we have any kind of, I'm assuming we have some special initiatives that people might want to know about? What are we kind of tackling as a result of having been around for 50 years and, and hopefully plenty more? The 50th anniversary is an important inflection point. And we do have a number of programs that we'll be rolling out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the first one uh, involves the greening of supply chains uh, in both the United States and China. 
we have an awful lot of investment in China. We have market power in China. Uh, and uh, we uh, uh, produce or buy a lot in China. And so that gives us an opportunity to contribute uh, to carbon reduction and to greening of global supply chains. And if we could green our own supply chains, then that will have uh, a multiplier effect on global uh, supply chains. Uh, the second initiative that we have is recognizing that there are uh, considerable tensions between uh, the two countries. Uh, we would like to uh, coordinate a subnational, city-level, state-level, grassroots uh, education and a, a publicity campaign to highlight the benefits of uh, the economic relationship, specifically jobs and exports, uh, as uh, uh, appropriate for individual communities. Many communities in the United States uh, are benefit from their exports uh, to China or Chinese investment in those communities. And uh, the uh, positive elements of this relationship don't get enough press. So we're hopeful to be able uh, to uh, coordinate a campaign uh, that uh, will uh, highlight uh, the jobs, uh, the prosperity, uh, the trade, uh, the um, uh, inbound uh, technology uh, sharing uh, that many communities in the United States benefit from. Um, this is uh, a net positive story. This is not a zero-sum game. It's not a negative game. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves that this is trade and investment is a positive-sum game. And I think that the 50th anniversary is an excellent opportunity to do that. Okay. Well, that's plenty to look forward to in the next year and the next 50. So thanks for talking with us. Thank you. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council, and you can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please do leave it a rating and review as it does help other people to find it. And as always, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. <laughs>